Hello, everybody. This is Jean Nathan, and this is the very first debut edition of our new Friday time slot for the show. I am really excited about this because, I, you know what, I just like doing this. It's kind of fun to talk about uh, a whole variety of people, about a, a variety of things, and to share it with our audience of people from all over the city of New Orleans and I guess through our, um, you know, beyond our airwaves, we also are online, so you can always click on us wherever you are. So who knows who's listening and where? I'm sure it's not quite like OZ that is, you know, basically an international radio station, but I know you can hear us in Baton Rouge and on the Gulf Coast. So, um, But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry if there's anybody out there who doesn't like tomatoes because um, I just love them and most people do and so I couldn't resist since we have the Creole Tomato Festival this weekend in the French Market District but also it is literally the beginning of the of the Creole Tomato season and um, this is gosh one of my favorite times of the year so I just decided let's have at it let's get some of the great chefs of our city and by the way I would say, is there any household in the city of New Orleans that doesn't have a great chef? So I fully hope that some of you out there will join us with some of your recipes because that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about recipes from our chefs and, um, and really, you know, get some terrific ideas for how to make the most of this great season. You know, I'm going to kick it off with um, one of our chefs that has uh, already called in. I've got Casey Guidry with me also from the French Market Corporation, and she's going to fill you in on the schedule at the French Market because you want to go grab some of those really fabulous tomatoes that they have there while they're available. But we're going to start off really with Daniel Cosgrove. Is that the right way to pronounce your name, Chef? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Well, Daniel Cosgrove is the executive chef of the Oyster and Cocktail Bar adjacent to the Ace called Seaworthy. And Seaworthy is actually one of the part owners of that is a guy named Alexander Pincus who um, under very uh, kind of interesting circumstances once in the 90s was my roommate. Totally platonic. He was my my good friend's son. He was going to school in NYU in New York, and I had an apartment. He hated the dorms, and I wasn't there most of the time. I was in and out of New York, so so um, we shared a space together in Lower Manhattan. And he's a he was terrific, but he was usually busy doing all kinds of weird music things. So I thought he was going to wind up doing music, and no, he's an architect. And he does these fabulous restaurants, both in New York and here. And Seaworthy, what a beautiful place, first of all. And fabulous oysters, great food. And so, Daniel, first of all, just kind of set the stage for us. Tell us a little bit about Seaworthy, and then we'll drill down and talk about tomatoes. Uh, Well, like like you said, um, we're an oyster and cocktail bar. we are located at 630 Carondelet, uh, directly adjacent to the Ace Hotel. It's in a beautiful old uh, Creole cottage um, that is one of the oldest buildings in the Central Business District. Um, and it was beautifully restored and designed by Alex Pincus um, and uh, our also a design team called Home uh, out of New York. Um, so it's, it's a really beautiful space. Um, when you come in, you really feel the New Orleans bones of the building and the history that's been there. Um, and 
I think they did a really tasteful job of restoring it, and so it has a modern feel. Um, but it, it it stays true to its New Orleans roots. Yeah, it's modern, but it also is so evocative of a kind of um, I don't know. You almost feel like you're in the hold of a ship from the from the 19th century because it it just has that. It really feels like it's seaworthy. It could just take off and be out on the water. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does really uh, really evoke that vibe, and um, that's what you know, Alex. And um, his brother Miles and their chef Carrie did a really good job of getting us started with that um, feeling and that atmosphere in the building. Because of course they, as you know, they their restaurants are located actually on boats, um, so they they were they were experts at, at uh, translating that down here. But the new restaurant that they're doing in Governor's Island in New York is that also going to be on a boat? Uh, no, I, I, apparently that is more of like a catering space. Oh, and, uh, I see. Okay. But uh, I know they, they just opened a second boat called Pilot, uh, which will be in Brooklyn Bridge Park. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, we since I'm going to Brooklyn uh, in July, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to make it over there. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is your food like? Um, so yeah, I was I was lucky enough to have a, a, a lot of influence on the menu, and I've been living and working in New Orleans now for about 11 years, uh, and uh, really what we tried to do with the menu is make everything feel kind of casual and shareable, um, but also have a level of of precision, and also serve foods that were that are um, sustainably and responsibly harvested. Um, so we have everything from peel and eat shrimp. Of course, we have a selection of raw oysters. Like we we normally have between six and ten varieties on any given day. Wow. Um, yeah, and 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 the oysters are really what we're you know very very excited about in terms of sustainability, um, and and the advancements that have been made in oyster farming in the Gulf in the in the in recent years are really really exciting. Um, you know, because we've always had these wonderful wonderful wild oysters and they've always been in such great abundance and very um you know very relatively cheaply priced as opposed to east or west coast oysters um but they were more susceptible to the seasons and and influxes of fresh water in the gulf um and the we now have these farm raised oysters which are um allow the farmers to have a cleaner product. They also allows them to have more control over the final product, um, such as the salinity level and the size and shape. Right. Fantastic. Um, they are great. I've, I've had uh, your oysters, and I love them, and I just love that, that room that you You have so many interesting spaces in the, in the building. But let's talk about tomatoes, because I've, I've got two other chefs and, and uh, okay. uh, a lady from the French market to get in before the end of the show. So, um, yeah, what, what, uh, tell me about tomatoes. What, what kind of a place do they have in your heart? Um, well, tomatoes, I mean, I love tomatoes um, in, in so many different ways. Um, obviously, you know, growing up, uh, I, I ate a lot of, you know, tomato sauce and marinara sauce. But we're lucky enough in New Orleans to have this kind of long growing season for tomatoes. Like, actually, I think the worst part of tomato season is just when it's a little too hot. Um, but in this this time, early summer and uh, late summer, early fall, the tomatoes can be really wonderful. Um, and we get tomatoes from uh, most often from Covey Rise Farms off of the North Shore, um, and they also kind of source some from nearby farms sometimes. 
but right now we have some beautiful um, green zebra tomatoes, uh, these brandywine tomatoes, uh, and also some yellow creoles. Whoa, um, sounds very sexy. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, so, you know, and I think when a tomato is at its height, you really don't have to do a whole lot to it. You know, it can kind of, tomatoes can kind of carry a dish or a salad very easily. Um, and a dish we've just recently added to the menu that I'm really excited about is a dish that's kind of like uh, a caprese salad crossed with a BLT. Ooh, um, yum. So, <laughs> uh, which are both two of my favorites. Um, and what we do is we just take the wonderful heirloom tomatoes and we cut them in different sizes and shapes, um, and we add a, a fresh ricotta, which we make in-house um, to the oh, dish. I love and ricotta. And we'll pop that off yeah. with just uh, a, a pork belly with, with a nice thick uh, uh, kind of agridolce glaze to it. A what kind um, of glaze? Uh, it's kind of like sweet and sour, I guess. Okay. That's that's the Italian term. Agrodolce means sweet and sour. And we we use a little bit of um, lemon juice and sugar and a, actually a little bit of soy sauce, and it kind of almost comes out like barbecue pork. I'm dying. Uh, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it kind of you get that really great um, richness from the pork, and it's offset by that clean, crisp uh, flavor of the tomatoes and, and the, the creaminess of the uh ricotta so it's it's a really uh good and simple combination and it, and if you were going to do it at home you could just as easily make a salad um with with some nice uh quality store-bought ricotta um so just whatever tomatoes are ripe and and look and smell and taste the best to you um and then just add whatever your uh your favorite bacon on top um or if you wanted to get a little a little fancier, you could try and make a, a you know kind of like a soy sauce, um, lemon juice uh, vinaigrette, um, and just put that over top, and that would be just just as delicious. Oh my God! So now here's what I want you to do, if you don't mind, um, Daniel. Is uh, um, I think you have my email. If not, yeah. I can get it to you. Can you send me in that recipe, and I'm going to put it in my newsletter for next week. I'm going to put all the recipes we get today in our uh, newsletter for next week. Do you mind? Oh no, not at all. I certainly will. Fantastic. And I'm, I just want to share with you. Um, I am definitely somebody who collects cookbooks but who doesn't uh. spend a whole lot of time in the kitchen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like I have a big collection of garden books, and don't ask me. I can water yeah. and weed, but I can't pr plant or prune to save my life. But, um, <laughs> but I did create a dish that I'm very proud of because it was picked up by other people, and nobody, as far as I know, did it before me. I am the creator of the Fried Oyster BLT. Oh, really? Now, oh, okay. here's how it happened. I did it uh -huh. at Liuz's. I just had that idea one day. I said, let me put fried fried oysters and, and a BLT together because they had a BLT on the menu, and, of course, there were oysters available, and it just struck yeah. me. And then yeah. um, the, what is it, Wolinsk, uh, what was the um, the restaurant that was on Poitras from New York called Wolinsky and? Smith and Molensky. Smith and Molensky. Yeah. So they picked it up, and they had it as Gene Nathan's. Fried oysters at BLT, and it was on their menu for a long time. And then I think other people just picked up on it. But you're free oh, to uh, use it, and you don't have to use my name because it's delicious also, and you are an oyster uh, restaurant. So 
Yeah, uh, yeah, we all owe you a debt of gratitude. I know. I mean, even uh, Koshan's been serving their fried oyster and bacon sandwich for however many years now. So, um, well, this was. I wish I, I should have quite, quite a, quite an invention, quite a contribution. Yeah, I wish I had um, some sort of date proof of when it happened. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it was before Smith and Walensky. It was just about the time that they opened it. So that's because uh, I. What I did was say, "Can you give me fried oysters at BLT?" And they did, and they said, "Oh, wow, that's interesting." And then it wound up on the menu for a while. But um, Dan, you give me just maybe a. Um, we didn't really talk other foods, so give me just a couple other of your really special items uh, before we uh, go on to our uh, next guest. Yeah, uh, some of our some of our uh, signature dishes over at Seaworthy, we do a really great ceviche of Gulf fish, um, and it's topped with some crispy grit chips and uh, sorrel. Um, we also do a blue crab toast, which is really popular, and what we do with that is we uh, saute some uh, lump crab in uh, a sherry-infused cream, uh, and then we top that with asparagus, roasted shiitake mushrooms, and some radishes. What was I thinking doing the show we'll, at 3 uh, o'clock in the from... afternoon when I didn't have lunch? Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, and then we'll uh, melt some uh, a, a slice of manchego cheese right over top, so it's kind of like a cross between a crab gratin and a, and a uh, po' boy or a toast or something. Ugh. <laughs> Sounds fabulous. Um, uh, Daniel, thank you so much for making yourself available to us. And um, I really uh, have enjoyed this, and uh, I've enjoyed your restaurant, and I look forward to being in there, and I'll, I'll uh, say hello next time I come through. Okay, thank you too, Jean. And now I, what do you call that? on the program. Yeah, and, and tell, me, uh, tell me what your name is for your Caprice and BLT combo. Uh, we just call it our pork belly dish. Or pork, pork belly, belly with heirloom tomatoes, uh, ricotta, uh, and basil. With Great. Thank you. It sounds sensational, and I look forward to uh, putting it in our newsletter and making it available to everybody. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Gene. You, you have a great tomato season. All right. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, so while we're waiting for our next chef, um, let me just uh, catch up with Casey a little bit about the Creole Tomato Festival. So, um uh, Casey Guidry is uh, an executive with the French Market Corporation. She's in charge of parks and parking, but I, I know what how things work in a small shop um, is all hands on deck, especially for a festival like this. So, Casey, tell me, give me kind of a um, you know an overview of what's going to be happening this weekend. All right. Well, let me just start by saying that I'm hungrier now that I'm here. <laughs> I've been know. hungry all week because we have some incredible food vendors that are going to be out there. Um, and, and everyone does have a Creole tomato dish on their menu, so we're really excited about that. Um, this is a great local festival. It's free, and I really think that this is something, you know, we talked about history. This is something that New Orleanians, just 31 years running, it's well-established. People love to come out for it. Um, so 31 years. 31 years. And, you know, it's funny, as we go through and we look at the different footprint, this started with just, you know, a rack of tomatoes down by Café du Monde. Wow. <laughs> now, that was kind of our festival. Um, we went all out Sorry. last year for the 30th, and this year we're back to our normal footprint. So the main stage will be at the Mint, um, presented by the National Park Service, who's one of our great partners. And then it runs all the way through Dutch Alley, uh, which is back by Cafe Du Monde, as we were talking about. We have food vendors out there. We are bringing back the Bloody Mary Market, which was so popular last year. And just some Why really, not? Yeah, really <laughs> wonderful. Um, some musicians out there, bands playing. It's just, you know, and if this weather holds up for us, it's just going to be 
a fantastic weekend. And I'm looking at uh, some of the um, food uh, vendors. Um, uh, Cafe Dauphine is terrific. Crepes a la carte, Diva Dog, George's Produce Company, Gulf Tacos, DeLeo's Creole Catering. Oh, my God, it just goes on. Little Dustin Italian Ice, what a great idea for a break. Some pralines, of course, from Loretta's Authentic, Marche. So, so yeah, we have a nice mix of some established restaurants and then some people who are newer on the scene. I got to say, Gulp Tacos, uh, they're pretty new, and I have had them at a few different festivals. They are to die for. We're just, pork belly is just, you know, everyone loves it, but they have a, um, a pork belly, belly of the beast taco, and apparently they're doing some sort of Creole tomato salsa, which I cannot wait to eat. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know what's fascinating? I did a quick Wikipedia on tomatoes. And, of course, they were originated in South and Central America. And they really, as a, as a food, came by way of Mexico. So it's not surprising at all that they would wind up in tacos. Well, and I have to, I have to say this because I also have some tomato fun facts with me just in case. So to that point, one here said that the key ingredient in 78% of Americans' favorite recipes is tomatoes. And yeah, I think especially here in New Orleans, we think summer and we think tomatoes. I just, I love them. You know, I love them just plain, as you were saying before, you know, my, my husband says the only thing he puts salt on is a tomato. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you, my, my, my family actually lived in, a lot of my mother's family grew up in Jersey, which is another state where they compete with us for saying they have the best tomatoes ever uh, anywhere. We we and do. they, we, I know we do, but they're pretty good too, <laughs> I have to say. And so you pick one out of the garden and it's still warm and you, and you douse it in salt. Oh, Lord. That's, there's just nothing better. Freddie Omar, I see, is playing. He's one of my favorites. And that's on Saturday. So it's, let's see, Saturday and Sunday. And the hours are 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah. And w so let's face it. There's going to be a lot of eating this weekend. Um, but we are going to start off with a run on Saturday morning. So for those of you foodies who want to run off some of those calories, we have an 830 run in Crescent Park to kick off the weekend and then we will and then you can go over to the the mint stage and start eating and listening to music and it should be fantastic it absolutely sounds great so we've got another chef on the line and um i don't have my notes completely available there we go so it's will okay and um will avalar so will avalar is with merrill the new um, pearl in Emerald's necklace. And um, it's fantastic, by the way. I, I made it over there. I mean, the new restaurants in New Orleans, they're also, they kind of have a little bit of a hip flavor, but they also have a southern flavor, a New Orleans flavor, um, and all of those things come together at Merrill. But you know what? Will, you tell me how you, oh, you have Costa Rican roots. So you may have heard me just say a minute ago that we were saying that tomatoes actually come out of Central America and South America and were first used really as foods in Mexico. So um, I, I can't wait to hear what you uh, serve, the kind of food you do at Merrill, and, and what you're going to tell us about tomatoes. Um, yeah, well, we do a variety of food from all over the world. Uh, definitely there's some Latin American influence in there. Uh, due to my background, I lived in Costa Rica for seven years, uh, which is where my mom's from. And uh, my dad's from El Salvador, so I traveled there a couple of years ago recently uh, for the first time. 
and got to, you know, get even more of that Central American cuisine under mm. my belt a little bit. So um, how would you characterize that? To me, is, is probably the most versatile fruit uh, that's used as in a savory application. Um, I love that you can eat it raw. I love that you can stew it down. I love that it it has a little bit of acidity and, and slight slightness of sweetness as well. And, and the amount of things that you can do with a tomato is just it's it's superb. So, so uh, let me back up for just a minute. We'll come back to tomatoes, but um, tell me how you would characterize some of that um, Central American, the Costa Rican, and the El Salvador influence on your food. Give me a, a little bit of a sample of a couple of dishes maybe that you serve at the restaurant that uh, sort of um, trace those roots. Um, one you can find in, in the tamale uh, itself. Um, it's it's more of the the Central American style of you know steaming the tamale in a banana leaf as opposed as opposed to like the Mexican style where they do it in the corn husk. Uh, but we we took that idea of that cooking process for a a tamale and we're in New Orleans so um, we said why not just go ahead and put boudin in it. So what we Ooh. have is a boudin tamale in there. What a great idea. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it's had quite success. We, we've used it at, uh, it actually kind of debuted at Boudin Bourbon and Beer last year. Uh-huh. Um, and at that point, we realized that we should have that on the menu. So, Right. That's one of the things. We have, you know, sort of like the street corn. Um, you can find it in Mexico. It's probably, like, known as a Mexican dish, but you can find it all throughout Central America. Some places call it, like, literal translation as crazy corn because they'll put all kinds of craziness on, on the corn. Uh-huh. But it, it, it... So is it still on the ear or it's it's, uh, it's uh, shaved off the ear? No, it's still on the ear, but we cut it into smaller, like, pieces. We'll, we'll take a whole oh, ear. Oh, I had it. I had it. So it's, yeah. it's easier to eat at the table. I had it. It's great. I love that dish. Oh, you came in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I came in with a group of friends um, from... Uh, there were well, there were people from Idea Village and from the Ace Hotel when we were planning um, our Creative Industries event during the Idea Village, you know, New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, and um, that was my first time, and um, I had that that very dish, and I loved it. What other dishes did you have? Oh, now come on, <laughs> trying to make me I eat too, I eat out too much. Will I don't remember? <laughs> that's the one that sticks in my mind. But I was reminded of it when you said it. Well, what's your um, what's your special tomato um, dish that you want to tell our listeners about? Uh, right now, my a, a special tomato dish for me that I have at the restaurant or that I've eaten or. I think I think the biggest one for me is is got to be gazpacho. Oh yes. Um, and and the fact that you can take tomatoes and mix them with watermelon or you know roasted peppers and onions and garlic, uh, just the, the the variety of applications you can have when you make gazpacho and you take the tomato. It's such a such a like a humble dish to me. It's 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 great. Um, but we also have, like, on the menu right now, we have a, a, a burrata salad with some fresh tomatoes and cucumbers, just like that. Um, uh, no, t- tell me that name again. It's a what salad? Uh, it's a burrata, burrata cheese with uh, fresh tomatoes and cucumbers. 
burrata cheese. I'm not familiar with. So but good, Jean. It's one it, of my favorites. It's great, really. <laughs> yeah. Casey from the French in. Market is on <laughs> with us, and she, she recognized it. But I love cucumbers and tomatoes together, too, so that, mm, that sounds delish. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's summer for you right there. It's like some fresh mozzarella, tomatoes, and cucumbers. It's, it's, it's like the, the, the peak of the season, you know? Yeah. What Do you use herbs with it, too? What, what kind of herbs would you Yeah, have? we have basil and oregano, fresh oregano. Mm-hmm. And then we, we just simply toss it with salt, pepper, a little bit of uh, olive oil, and sherry vinegar. And then we, we drizzle a little bit of this uh, fig vincotto. It's like a fig vinegar, almost like a syrupy balsamic uh, that we just <gasps> drizzle on the top of the, the cheese as well. That sounds absolutely fabulous and something to do with the figs that many of us have in our yards if we get them before the birds do because they, they, those darn birds beat me almost every year. But, um, yeah, that sounds fantastic. That's great. Um, what? Um, give me just a, a couple other of your uh, keynote uh, dishes that you serve at Merrill. And you know what? Give people a little bit of a flavor for Merrill because what I, I love about Merrill is that it's kind of one of those restaurants where – you can kind of see everybody from wherever you are. I love those that that have that kind of really communal feel. So it's wide open, and you've got your your kitchen uh, really in view as well. Yeah, no, it 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 feels like a dining hall as opposed to a dining room. Um, so yeah, and you get you get the sense of, of communal dining, and and it it also reflects in the style of our menu, which uh, it's it's essentially made for sharing. Uh, with you and the rest of your guests when you come in. Um, but I think one of the, the essential dishes at the restaurant has to be the, the crispy turkey necks, um, which those dishes came as a, uh, as a influence from my, my family who was married into a Puerto Rican family, and I learned how to make sofrito through them, which is like a Puerto Rican-style condiment. And we marinate turkey necks with that and then just toss them in uh, some some crystal mojo sauce when it comes out of the fryer. Some crystal what? Crystal mojo hot sauce. Mm. So we take crystal hot sauce and make like a mojo with lime, olive oil, and garlic and just toss the turkey necks like if they were like fried chicken wings. Right. This is just torture. I mean, to listen to these great recipes. Well, I love your restaurant, and um, I, I, now that I know the the uh, the roots of of your cuisine, that's always helpful to know more about it. And um, I will be looking forward to my next visit. And um, so, here's what I need you to do, Will, if you don't mind, if you can send me. Um, a recipe for one of these. I think I really like that um, burrata cheese one uh, that we can put in our newsletter for um, next week. Um, We're going to do that. You know, if somebody in your shop, nothing fancy, but just takes a a nice little phone photo of it as well, that would be fun to have. I I forgot to mention that to my prior chef. Your company on the show, I don't know, you probably don't know who's on, but I have you. I have Daniel Cosgrove from... um, Seaworthy, and then Alon Shia is going to be uh, the next one up. And then at the same time, we're talking about the Creole um, Tomato Festival itself. 
Yeah, I'll probably try to make my way there on Sunday to the festival. Oh, you will? Okay. Grab a few tomatoes for sure. Uh, Will, good luck to you, and thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'll see you soon. I'll I'll check you out next time I'm there. You know the kitchen's open, so just wave at me when you come in. (laughs) I will. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. You know, while we're waiting for the next chef to come on, um, this might be a good time for you to, for me to share with you um, a tomato recipe that I have. By the way, please, y'all, 260-9265. Anybody out there with a good um, tomato recipe, don't be shy. Please call it in. I know that you're out there and you've got some great um, recipes. And I thought I had this marked off. Oh, here we go. Okay, so I have these friends who have a house out on the water um, in a place called Gloucester, Massachusetts. It's not far from Boston. And you don't necessarily think of Boston as a big food town, although you know they have a lot of seafood because, of course, it is lobster country. So, um, you know, they, they know how to eat up there too. And they're on the water, so there's, there's, there's actually a lot of links between Boston and New Orleans in some ways, ethnically and, and so forth. But this one dish, um, this is a tomato pie and it is sensational it's delicious it's very simple it's very kind of home uh, real home recipe and uh, i've made it a few times and I, I had to really get the hang of it because you can really screw up with the crust so let me tell you about it so first of all it's it's basically made with a um biscuit uh crust and then it, it has the tomatoes and herbs, and I'll tell you about the top in a minute because that's the coup de grace, and it's very funny. So you make a bisquick crust and brown lightly, uh, and you really have to brown it. That's real important. And the crust swells up a lot, so it's important to roll it very thin and poke holes in it so it doesn't get too fat. You fill that crust with huge slices of tomato interspersed with fresh herbs, basil, mint, tarragon, whatever's handy. You can also slip in a few Bermuda onion slices. Cover all this with um, an extravagance, and this is the fun part, mixture of two-thirds cheddar, one-third mayonnaise, ground pepper, and more herbs. The ratio between the cheese and the mayo may be such that the mixture is spreadable. Cook at 350 degrees until the top crust is brown 30 to 40 minutes. Think about that recipe, folks. Just think about it, and you'll see why it can be really delicious. I think we got another chef on the line, and this would be Alon. Okay. Yes, I'm here. Hi, Alon. Did you hear that recipe I just read? Sounded amazing. It is so good. It's really like one of those indecent things because of all that mayonnaise in it, but... Um, oh, Lord, I love that recipe. Uh, these, these folks, these friends of mine up in Gloucester, they're just, um, they just spend the whole time all summer long that they're out in this house on the water cooking and have friends come in. And so this little cookbook I have is recipes from all their friends, and it's really a lot of fun. But um, That sounds awesome. I could go through a whole, uh, half a jar of mayonnaise in one sitting. I'm a condiment <laughs> freak. Exactly. You know, it's it, it's it's really a treat. And uh, you know, even the um, the the lower calorie ones, they're not as good. But 
um, they give you the same kind of nice, nice you know, slippery, slimy feeling. <laughs> yeah, they make uh, Blue Plate has a one now that's made with yogurt. It's oh. like a half mayonnaise, half yogurt, and it's super good. Really, it's that's really, a much great lighter. idea. Yeah, it's about half the fat as regular mayonnaise. Well, that's really, that's, really tasty. Thank you for that. That's really great to know. Now, Alon Shia, as you know, he is not only the executive chef and owner of Shia and um, is the chef at Dominica. Um, and uh, see, it's separate for uh, Pizza Dominica, so you don't have to tell me about that because I don't really know about that. And he was awarded the James Beard Foundation Award for Best Chef South. Um, and recently, New Orleans Magazine named him Chef of the Year. So he's got some honorable credentials in there, but having talked to him on occasion, I know that he has a kind of rough-and-tumble history, too, so he's not um, hoity-toity at all. He is he's one of us. He is a New Orleans boy, but I don't, re- I don't remember actually exactly where you're from. Remind me, Elon. Uh, well, I was born in Israel. Right, 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 of course. I grew up in, I grew up in Philadelphia, um, oh, which okay. is... Yeah, which is when my when I was four, my family immigrated to Philly, and I stayed there until I moved away to go to college in New York. All right, so you've had a little bit of East Coast uh, influence in there that um, yeah. I'm sure you have put to use in, in your recipe. So, all right, so you have two completely different kinds of restaurants that, um, and I'm curious to know if um, it would be fun, and I didn't tell you this in advance, so if you can't. Uh, address this, I'll totally understand. But, you know, on the one hand, Shia is definitely a very creative restaurant that uses Israeli food influence, but so much more. And Dominic, of course, is Italian-based. So um, can you give me kind of uh, some ideas about tomatoes as you use them in those two different kinds of cuisines? For sure, absolutely. Okay. Well, you know, with... um Italian food, and I, I had lived and trained in Italy for a while prior to coming and, and opening up Dominica, and I remember riding my bike through um, farmland in Italy when I was there, and you would just see tomatoes everywhere. Everywhere. And they use so many tomatoes in Italy. Um, and I find I find that, you know, the way that the Italians like to approach tomatoes, at least in Parma, where I was living, is they, they like to turn them into ragus and make them into mm. these slow-cooked, kind of like long-cooked sauces um, that get reduced down and then usually tossed with pasta and extra virgin olive oil and a little bit of butter or um, or as a, you know, layering in, in a dish that people make with, with pasta or with fish. Whoops. In very long periods of time. Where, as with, uh, you know, Israeli cooking, a lot of them are eaten fresh and raw, usually like as part of like Israeli salad, which is popular all over the Middle East. I'm having a little bit of, um, hold on one second, Alon, I'm having a little bit of uh, trouble understanding you. Are you moving the phone? Are you on a cell phone? I am, yeah. Okay, well, um, let's, let's I, I don't know, just a, for a minute there, we kind of um, lost you a bit. So let's go back on to the Israeli uh, version, which is, is raw and salad-based. Go ahead. Yeah, so usually the Israelis will, will take tomatoes and just dice them up raw and dice them, dice them raw and toss them with cucumbers and onions and sprinkle a little bit of lemon juice and za'atar on it. 
And that's known as like the Israeli salad. You see that you eat that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner in Israel. What? All breakfast? Time. Really? Huh. Yeah. So it's also known as Arab salad. And you see it pretty much throughout all of the, the Middle world. East. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, you know, that's like the most famous salad out there. So do they um, do they ever mix cheese into it? Uh, yeah, you can take that and put uh, feta cheese on top. My grandmother is Bulgarian, and she would do that sometimes. And that was uh, really a great treat. We do that right now on the menu at Shia. We do that exact salad and sprinkle some feta cheese right on top with some za'atar and olive oil. Mm, sounds great. Delicious. Okay. And we have such amazing tomatoes here in Louisiana. I mean... Right now is the time for buying tomatoes at the markets, and I've been eating some really amazing Creole tomatoes recently, and I made a big pot of stewed okra with a bunch of Creole tomatoes just yesterday. Ooh, that you made that for yourself. Um, actually, I made it for a trip that I'm taking to Colorado, and we're going to go cook at the Aspen Food and Wine Festival. So we're going to bring all these great Louisiana tomatoes up there with some stewed okra. I'm so jealous. I really am. Yeah. Not 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 only for the food, but for the beautiful weather in Colorado in the summer. I love. I've been there a couple times in the summer. It's just such such a delight. Okay. What about for on sure. the Italian side? So, um, I, I've had, uh, of course, eaten in Dominica more than once, and um, I, I have had pasta. Um, what what is your favorite tomato sauce that you do there? Well, you know, there's a couple different, depending on what I'm making, um, I'll make a couple different types of tomato sauce. One of them is I like to take tomatoes and dice them up and kind of um, cook them in a big pot with onion and garlic and some fresh thyme. And uh, sometimes I'll take a little bit of anchovy and add that to the pot as well and saute that with the, with the onion which gives kind of like this great umami flavor to the sauce. And I'll add all these tomatoes in there and usually a really good chicken broth. And then I'll just cook that down for a couple hours, um, mm. puree it, and then use that as like a base for tossing with pasta. Um, mm. A lot of times I'll put some chili flakes in there too to kind of bring out some heat. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love like taking that and tossing it with like rigatoni and fresh basil, mm. and then shaving some Parmigiano-Reggiano right on top. And, you know, that's kind of like that rich uh, mouth. Like, it's, it's got like a great, um, it coats your mouth. Like, it's it's rich and buttery. And, and those are the types of tomato sauces that I love tossed with, like, rigatoni. But I also like these fresh tomato sauces where I'll take some garlic and basil and chilies and just kind of saute them up in a little olive oil and then add diced tomatoes and just cook them for about five or six minutes. And then I'll pull that whole thing off the, off the fire. I'll season it with a little bit of salt and then I'll push it through a ricer, like a food mill. And you get this really fresh kind of coarse, bright tomato sauce that is great with fish. It's great with crab meat and shrimp. Um, and it's just a much kind of lighter, fresher version of the same sauce. So wait, so let me understand. So you make that, and then you um, we're still talking about serving this over a pasta, or just putting it over the, the fish. I'm not sure. So the tomatoes, the tomato sauce that you would cook just for five minutes, yeah, and then 
pass through a mill yeah. is really good on fish okay. or with shrimp. Right. Yeah, because it's a, a really kind of bright flavor. It doesn't have the the richness that the other tomato sauce has that cooks for a couple hours, and it allows the delicate nature of the fish to kind of. So so yummy. You know, let me ask you. I didn't ask the other chefs this. I forgot to. But um, so where where are your favorite places for getting your tomatoes, if you don't mind saying so? Unless you, of course, you probably get them from wholesalers, uh, primarily. No, I go. I mean, I, we get them from uh, Crescent City Farmers Market. Oh, okay. We yeah, we buy them. Like my wife and I buy those pretty much every Saturday morning. Um, my buddy Chris also grows tomatoes in his backyard, so he'll, during the season, always bring us a bunch of his tomatoes, and we have some cherry tomato plants in our backyard. Um, but for the restaurant, you know, we'll buy from the same farmers that sell at the markets. We also get gorgeous heirloom tomatoes from a farmer named uh, Joe Fedeke, um, who sells at the West Bank Farmer's Market in Algiers. You know, I've get, heard about that food market. I don't get over there. I really need to. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And I just love going into old Gretna too. But the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's beautiful heirloom tomatoes and then there's a guy named uh Anthony Accardo at the farmers market that has like the largest variety of heirloom tomatoes I've ever seen. And he has those out on display every week right now. So when you say the farmers market, which one are you talking about? The Crescent City Farmers Market City. on Grandolette okay. um, yeah. and right. Uh, Julia. Right. Yep. And then even during the winter, when when there's not a, a ton of tomatoes around, there's a guy named Tad who grows them, uh, and he's got a farm named uh, Cajun Growers, and he uh-huh. sells at the farmers market great hothouse tomatoes during right. the winter. Right. Yeah, thank God for hothouse tomatoes. What would we do all yeah. winter long without without tomatoes? That's uh, that's a, a a great development in the in the culinary universe. Well, these right. are fabulous. Now, listen, what I'm what I'm going to need you to do, if you don't mind, and I've asked the other chefs, and everybody's agreed, um, if you would send me one or two of those recipes that we've just discussed. I love the fresh. Um, uh, recipe, but also the uh, really rich one sounds great. Um, and uh, the Israeli salad sounds great. So um, uh, whichever ones of those you uh, don't mind sharing with us, um, if you would uh, okay. send those to me, I great. think you have my email, and we're going to put these in our next newsletter uh, for folks awesome. so they can. I mean, I've been writing furiously, too, just in case, you know, and also because I'm going out to uh, we have a little place on the Wolf River, and um, definitely going to pick up some tomatoes from the from the from the uh, uh, festival um, on my way out. And um, yeah, I'm going to try. Sounds to, like a good idea. I, I'm going to try to love, do that I fresh recipe. Uh, bring some for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Listen, thank you. And uh, by the way, um, I'll just let me give you a minute to um, to promo for your. You have. Um, a, a, a new foundation you've worked up, right? Yeah, we're actually just kind of getting um, official uh, as a foundation. We've been kind of working as an initiative, but it's called the Shia Barnett Foundation, and it's uh, my former home economics teacher from high school, uh, Donna Barnett, and I have teamed up and have adopted a school in New Orleans to help grow their culinary program. So we're working very closely with Edna Carr High School, 
uh, on the West Bank, and we've been able to outfit their classroom with about $10,000 worth of cooking equipment through donations we've received. And also, we're working on mentoring their students and working with their instructors on building curriculum and doing all types of kind of fun community events using food as as a way to experience your way through New Orleans. So... We have a lot of really fun ideas, and we're just kind of developing the foundation uh, now. So you'll be hearing a lot more from the Shy Barnett Foundation in the next coming month. Fantastic. And um, uh, congratulations to you, and thank you uh, to you for that, because it's um, I know uh, very well from my own efforts um, how hard it is to uh, really develop and, and sustain a nonprofit and to work with all the different folks that you have to collaborate with to pull that off. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, well, you a, know, it's another have, job. I don't know how you do that, by the way. You have you. two restaurants great, and that. Wow. There's such a great um, community here of people that love food and are passionate about food. So we want to really um, catch these kids at, at the high school level and, and get them really passionate about thinking um, on how they can make food more of a part of their lives. Uh, yeah, and, and develop their careers around it. This, this is something that I think is so yeah. important for, I, I, I talk a lot about the creativity of the people of New Orleans. It's extraordinary. But, but making sure that people realize that they can actually build careers on their, on their creativity and their talents, whether it's in, in food or music or art or architecture, uh, it's so important. That's something that uh, we dedicate a lot of our time to as well. Alon, you have a great uh, time in um, in um, Aspen. I'm totally jealous of that. And uh, <laughs> send me your so recipes. I, I'll need those recipes by Tuesday. Actually, really Monday, because I put my newsletter out on Tuesday for my Wednesday shows. So, okay, great. Thank you so awesome. much we'll for joining us. Did I miss anything? Thanks. Anything you want to add? No, that was it. Thanks okay. so much for having the show today. Thank you for, for being okay. available. All right, you take care. All right, bye. So, um, <laughs> God, I mean, Casey and I have been sitting here looking at each other and just drooling because those are some fabulous recipes we've just been running through. And um, as I said, now, a lot of you probably don't get my newsletter. And um, the only thing I can say, if you want to get it, is you should send me an email. And um, I don't remember what the exact email for the newsletter is, so I'll just give you um this email that you can use, and it's Nathan at Cano, C-A-N-O hyphen L-A dot org. If you send me a note and say you want to be added to the newsletter list, I will get you on there because we have all kinds of fun things in there and not just what's on. We usually use it to, to forecast what we're going to be talking about on the show, but we also use it um, for you know news and coming attractions and we do photographs of scenes as well. And speaking of which, Casey, would you please, um, I'm sure you're going to have a photographer out there this weekend, right? Yeah, so Zach Smith is going to be out there, who we love. He's one of our great partners, Zach Smith Photography. So we'll be able to you know, take some pictures, and we can send you some. Send me some. I have a section I call Crosstown Scenes at the Perfect. end of my newsletters, yeah. and we'll take three or four photographs of you know whatever is happening there. So um, we have a, a little bit of time left, so let's um, dive back into our the festival this weekend and, again, give people a little bit of a sense of how to. So if you haven't gone to several of these, were to advise your best friend how to navigate the festival, how to plan their experience, 
Um, give me um, a, a visit to the festival, your suggested visit to the festival. So let me start by saying all this information is on frenchmarket.org. So if you're you know, wondering what the schedule is, anything like that, um, we have towers throughout the festival with maps and, and, and schedules, but frenchmarket.org, and you can kind of plan your visit that way. The way I would start is I would just go ahead and park in our lot, um, the Riverside lot, right by Jack's Brewery. Start in Dutch Alley, get yourself a Bloody Mary, you know, start off the day right. And then, uh, you know, stay and listen to a little music over there and then kind of work your way down through the open air public market. Um, you know, we've been hearing from all these great chefs and they've been talking us through these recipes, which I, I'm, I'm hungry and I want to start hanging out with you because you seem to go to all the best restaurants. <laughs> um, but we're also partnered with Louisiana Cooking Magazine, and they're doing demos throughout the day. Mm. And so if you're like me, I love to watch people prepare food because it really shows me how it's done, and they always give out samples after. Where are the demos? So Where that's, exactly? that's right there in the in the open-air public market, which a lot of people just know as the French the market. The French market. The yeah. open, that's the area where all kinds of goods from all over go. Right. Yeah. And, mm. and, and speaking of that and just kind of you know shopping your way, drinking, shopping, eating your way through the day, uh, if you spend $30 in our shops, you can get a bag of free tomatoes. They'll <gasps> give you a little voucher. So I think you should Perfect. know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. That's very nice. Yeah. So, it's, you know, it's a great way for us to really celebrate our vendors, get people to know, you know, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because the French market is a place for locals, too. Um, you know, you watch your cooking demos and you can keep cruising on down to the mint. And, you know, everyone loves to go to the mint. You know, they have that great grass area, and people dance and sit mm -hmm, and just mm -hmm. hang out. We'll have kids' activities down there, a few extra bars, and that's where a lot of our food vendors are going to be. So By the mint. By the mm -hmm. mint. So there's some in Dutch Alley. Um, and then, and that's by the way, another place people can park, aside from by the Jack's Brewery, is right there behind the fire station, right? There's a big parking lot yeah, by Elysian Fields. Field. Yeah. yeah, and that actually that parking is on the map. So, okay. so if you go to the website and you're trying to figure it out, it's called out on the map. Uh, we, try I see make it. That, yeah. Yeah, we try to make that easy for people. It's right off Esplanade Avenue. Actually, if you took your Esplanade um, right over to North Peters and, and head downtown and then left on Elysian Fields, you'll see it right yeah, there. Yeah, you can mm -hmm. see it. Um, and I recommend, I really think, you know, the, the festival is 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., but there's enough shade and people and stuff to do. I think it's a great time just to come out and kind of spend your day out there. And, you know, we're not quite in the real heat yet. Yeah. I mean, it is. I think it's supposed to be a little bit warmer this weekend than it's been. But, again, we're not, you know, it's not the tar time yet. And we have misters. So everyone loves Oh, you the have misters? You can't great. go wrong with the misters. <laughs> that definitely helps. No, but it really, I mean, there's so much to do. You know, Robin Barnes, who, again, is one of our great partners at the French Market, she's going to be out there. Um, they have yoga classes. So they Yoga have, classes? Yeah, salsa dancing. So there's a lot of fun stuff to do. And what I love about this festival is we get, you know, everyone comes. We get families, young people, mm -hmm. elderly. It's just, it's a great time. And, you know, I think what we've been hearing today is just like, you know, being a New Orleanian and what that mm -hmm. means in summertime. And this festival is a perfect example of that. And it's it, just great. It's, it's, a, it's a real down-home festival. It is. It's what, it really, it's really is. what it comes down to. I want to delve into this Bloody Mary market for just a minute, though, because um, I don't think I, – I didn't know about that. So that caught me by surprise a little bit. And tell, tell me about, uh, a little bit more about that. 
So that's new, actually. We started that last year so popular that we brought it back. And I think we have seven or eight different Bloody Mary vendors, and they all have a unique recipe. And then we'll have a best of fest, and they'll be judged, and, you know, people can, you know, get to participate and say who they like. And and it's just fun. You know, it, it's you can sample different ones. Um, so they're it, really challenged to, and, uh, to compete. And it is amazing how many different, you know, we've talked about the tomato. It's amazing how many different kinds of Bloody Marys there are out there. Ooh. You know, I always mm-hmm. love the one you get the full meal on the toothpick coming out. You have your bacon, <laughs> yeah. you have your okra, you have all kinds of good stuff. So, yeah. And there's a stage down there, and so and we're actually going to have some of our um, local artist vendors from the flea market. They're going to oh, be down okay. in Dutch Alley. Uh-huh. So, you know, you can just you can just hang out, which is great. I, I, you know, it, it is actually one of my favorite festivals. Um, you, you know, there's nothing like all the festivals we have, whether it's oysters or shrimp or, um, you know, the music festivals in and of themselves and, and all the country ones that are around us. But, um, yeah, tomatoes. Oh, my God. Well, and let me say this, too, because we've been talking about recipes. Oh, my God, as I've been taught to say lately. <laughs> Did you know? Have you heard that? Uh-uh. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um. We actually have that we put together for the 30th anniversary last year, a cookbook. It's about 30 different recipes for tomatoes, and we've talked about a lot of recipes today. That cookbook will be on sale, and it also... Where where will that be on so sale? So there's going to be two merchandise booths. There'll be one down in Dutch Alley by that Bloody Mary market, and then there'll be one over on Barracks by the Mint. So right by those food vendors in the mint. Um, and you can get the cookbook in either place. And you can get the cookbook. And there are some incredible recipes oh, in there. Oh, bet there are. And, yeah. And it just, I think it speaks so much to the tomato and all the diversity that we've talked about. So um, definitely make sure you pick up a cookbook because they are, you know, all these recipes are just so much fun. You know, I, I want to touch on one thing that um, I, I kept thinking about during the show and I, I kept forgetting to ask anybody about, but... Um, you know, there is an issue with, with getting a, a tomato when it's just ripe, when it's at the right a point before it gets too mushy and, and after it's too green. So uh, do you have any uh, any advice for folks when they get their tomatoes? They're going to get them a little bit on the less ripe side, right? Yeah, so actually the Creole tomato continues to ripen after you know, after it's been picked, which is really interesting. So Don't all, we- all tomatoes do that? Maybe I I am here representing the Creole tomato. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um yeah you want to get them a little bit on the less ripe side unless you're going to use them that day but you don't want them too mushy although they are pretty delicious. No. Uh, you know what. when when they get a little mushy that's when they go into a sauce. There's yeah. no what so he talked about with uh, a long cooking. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The, making a, a a pasta salad with fresh tomatoes. That's actually how I usually make my my pasta salads. My mother used to do the kind that you would um, put on a stove in the morning before she would go to work, and and I was supposed to stir it and watch it until she got home. My mother's tomato um, sauce, by the way, I, I really should put this out there because she got it from we, – we have a lot of Italian restaurants in the Bronx where we're from. There mm-hmm. was a lot of Italian communities there. And um, so hers came from one of those restaurants, and it's it's got – um, garlic, onion, tomato, and um, chopped meat, chopped beef, and um, tomato paste. So, and the tomatoes were she would use canned tomatoes, so they were already um, you know somewhat semi-prepared, and literally put that in a big iron pot and just let it simmer away forever. And um, 
Uh, it's a pretty special tomato sauce. I thought that was interesting about adding the chicken broth. I'd never heard right. that before. I agree. So I'm going to try that the next time yeah. I make tomato sauce. I can see how that would just add a little bit of a richness. I cook greens in, in chicken stock. Yeah. I use, uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I don't make it with um, pork because my husband's sort of a, not a big meat eater. But um, with seasoning and a, and a chicken broth, you can make great uh, greens, too. Um, uh, does anybody make greens with tomatoes at the, at the at, at, at any, you know, any of your... You know, I don't know. I think that's going to be a little bit of surprise, um, what the different dishes are. I will say okay. this, though. I wanted to mention this because you're asking people where they got tomatoes, and I was blown away by all the <laughs> answers that you got. But we are going to have three farmers at the festival, and that's Becknell's, um, Poche, and George's. And so those will be over there by um, by Barracks, and there, I think there might be one down in Dutch Alley. But, you know, it's always fun to have the local farmers out here. Uh, I'm hearing my signal. I'm hearing it, too. <laughs> I've had so much fun with you today, and now I'm hungry. I know. I'm starving. <laughs> Thank God I have friends who are taking me out for my husband and my 35th anniversary tonight. Congratulations. And we're going to... Um, not any of the restaurants we talked about today, although I wish I was. But we're going to, what's it called, um, Down by the Bayou, so DTV, up on Oak Street, new okay. restaurant, very good, delicious, I'm looking forward to it. I bet they have some good tomato stuff, too. So much fun. I hope to get out there tomorrow morning before we take off for the country. Absolutely. So I'll be looking for a couple of these things that you mentioned. Might even get a little Bloody Mary to make this trip I think so. more enjoyable.